I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 190. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Meg Mack. One of Australia's favourite singer-songwriters returns later this week with her long-awaited third record, Matter of Time. In today's episode, we're speaking with Meg about getting away to the countryside, working with production duo The Donuts, and why we almost didn't get this third album. Here we go. Our guest today is an incredible pop and soul singer and songwriter from Sydney, Australia. She took out Triple J Unearthed Artist of the Year in 2014, and has been winning hearts over the world since, with her debut record, Low Blows, and its follow-up, Hope. Tomorrow, she releases her highly anticipated third record, Matter of Time. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Meg Mack. Hello, how are we? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today, Meg. Um, Whereabouts are you joining us from? I am at home in Sydney. Beautiful. How is Sydney treating yeah. you today? It's pretty good. Um, it's not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> Just in my lounge room. It's good. Nice. That is a, that's good to hear that you're comfortable, you're doing well. Um, it is a very exciting time at the moment. I know that there's a lot of excited people out there at the moment that this week uh, they will be gifted with a brand new Meg Mac album in the form of Matter of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, so firstly, congratulations, because this is a gorgeous record. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. How are you feeling about, uh, I guess, with every new album, there's always like the turning of turning on of the machine and, you know, getting back into that, uh, that album cycle. How are you feeling going in with uh, album number three? Um, I'm feeling really good. I think I um, put everything I had into making this album and I feel really proud of it and like every single song I know how much of myself I put into it so I'm feeling very um like no regrets I just feel really good about the whole album yeah of course this is the the third studio record from yourself and I know that there um there was a bit of a story that and if you're okay to talk about it um this album is almost something that we were not going to be gifted. There was a, an album already kind of recorded and prepped and ev- almost ready to go that was um, that was then put on the back burner in 2020 and you started again, which yeah. firstly I can imagine was a very difficult and brave kind of thing to do. 
yeah it was uh looking back now it's like crazy to think that I had the guts to do it because I I let it go so far Uh, I think it was like maybe a week or two weeks before a single was going to come out like we'd even shot the music video like the artwork done photo shoots like it was so close to coming out and I just snapped and I was like I can't and I don't know how to explain it like it was just like I physically I was like I can't I just knew that I couldn't do it and I was like I just have to start again and there's there's something better that I can do yeah it is an incredibly brave move and I I firstly I I kind of um commend you firstly because as you said videos are done artwork's done the fact that you didn't want to kind of I guess um whether it was indirectly or directly like budge on that artistic integrity of your own knowing that it wasn't the right thing to release I think is an incredible thing to do um and I think that obviously it has gifted us this brand new album which is fantastic but yeah I guess lastly just touching on the 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 locked away the vault record if you will um do do you remember almost having that moment of I guess sitting there and realizing and then having to to then vocalize that to to your team because I imagine that would have been difficult as well yeah I mean I didn't just like uh have the guts to just like say it how it is I I said I needed a break and I I was like I don't want to put this song out um I just like need a break and um kind of framed it as a a pause and then slowly I think everyone started to figure out that I had a different plan (laughs) that was uh coming up with yeah I can also appreciate that approach as well it's the uh it's the yeah you do you look after you and then hopefully everyone kind of catches up approach so I can very much appreciate that yeah yeah um this new record is beautiful as I've mentioned um I would love to talk about I know that kind of during this break that you took you you got away you went to the countryside of New South Wales, if I'm correct, and kind of took some time for yourself. Firstly, even without songwriting, firstly, how was that to kind of have that break and be able to get away from the hustle and bustle? It was perfect and, like, exactly what I needed. Um, I know, like, running away from your troubles is not always the solution, but I feel like it kind of worked for me. Um, (laughs) I think I just needed kind of a change of scene and um an escape to kind of uh, like I had to sort through everything in my life and kind of I had a bit of a meltdown and kind of this whole album is me kind of trying to figure out where I went wrong and how I'd even got myself to the point of like making a whole album that I didn't want to release like how did I let that go that far um and going back through all the voice memos, finding songs that I'd, like, forgotten about. And and then I also started writing new songs and just, yeah, and it felt like, I think because I was out of the city and in this place that I didn't know anyone and um, it was, like, a lot of during lockdowns and I couldn't really do that much. So it kind of was a really perfect um, environment to be creative and just not rush or put pressure on myself 
100%. I'm, I'm curious, other than the obvious physical surroundings, was there any difference to your songwriting approach or your, your creative kind of techniques this time around compared to the last two records? Um, yeah, one of the big um, parts of this album was my friend uh, from Melbourne. He was in lockdown and he rang me and he, he was doing these, like, songwriting challenges and he he was like, oh, do you want to do this challenge with me where we both make up a rule for the song in the morning and then at, like, 5 p.m. we have to send each other our ideas. And we did the first one and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And just, like, kept doing them. And then it ended up being, like, six or seven uh, challenges, ideas that were, like, on my shortlist for the album and then three of them are actually on the album. So Is It Worth Being Sad um, was the first one that, like... That was the first song I wrote that was, like, a new song for the album where I felt like I finally, like, something clicked and I was like, I'm on a new kind of trajectory now for the album and then the rest of the songs could flow from there. So it was like, yeah, I think being in my own little world and then a lockdown and then, like, my friend ringing me with these challenges, it was just like, (laughs) I don't know, it was the perfect recipe for creativity and songwriting. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm kind of curious. I know that um, I think two, and please correct me if I'm wrong, two of the two tracks from the previous record did make their way onto this onto this new one, I think maybe slightly reworked. I think it was Something in the Water and Don't Cry were the two that got through. I guess having a look at those songs, so they are a little bit different and I'll talk about Don't Cry a little bit later, um, but for those two, what, made them stand out in terms of um I guess reworking them or what was special about them to be like no I still want to still want to hold on to these two yeah um well those two weren't on the other album but they were (laughs) older no they were like older ideas that I had so like something in the water was like a demo that um was in like my folder of all my ideas that kind of just got I don't know, people just didn't notice it or, like, it just didn't make the cut. And But I always kind of felt that that was a really special song for me. And then when I was, like, making this new album, I was like, finally, I was like, I'm going to put something on the water on this album. And then Don't You Cry was, like, uh, this, I had this voice memo and I probably went for, like, 20 minutes of me on the piano singing Don't You Cry. And... I, um, I was working with um, a songwriter, PJ Harding, in Sydney, and I, like, brought him this, like, voice memo. I was like, I have this song. I was like, I know that it's, like, really special, but I just, it just goes round and round, and I can't kind of <laughs> figure it out, and it was on piano. And then he was like, oh, let's put it on guitar, and he started playing guitar to the song, and then we, like, pieced together um, the song, and it kind of all made sense, and, like, it went from this, like, kind of never-ending wailing of me on the piano to, like, this nice three-minute um, song. And that's, like, one of the, like, really special moments on the album. I would 100% agree. I was, as I mentioned before, wanting to to talk about Don't Cry a little bit later. I will bring it up now. I think that mm-hmm. um, out of all the tracks, having listened to the album a few times and that, as I've mentioned, I'm, I'll stop 
Um, I'll stop blowing smoke <laughs> um, in your direction in terms of praising the album. It is a brilliant album, but I think Don't Cry stood out to me as maybe my favourite track on the record and whether it is uh-huh. the the lyrics, whether it's the, um, as you said, it it is, there's a number of songs that are based on piano on this album and then this one kind of just comes in with the guitar and whether it's the, uh, the I can't think of the word, this is <laughs> embarrassing, um, but it is, it's that, it's, I guess it's the difference until I think of the actual word is that difference between the piano and the guitar um, for you I guess working with PJ but where did the song do you remember where it originally stemmed from what was the original catalyst for, for writing the song yeah I think I remember starting it on piano and I think all I had was don't you cry no one learns to fly in the daylight because I was kind of just thinking you know, when maybe you're not in a good place and then you see others in a good place and you almost um, maybe don't realise that um, they everyone has, you know, the good and bad things. And it's like, but no one learns to fly in the daylight. It's kind of like, you know, we don't see them learning how to do that or getting, we just see them flying. Um, but we don't, yeah, we don't get to see the other side. So that's where the idea started and then ended up like fleshing it out and then the chorus just is so sad like when I found the voice memo on my phone and I was like oh my god it's like heartbreaking because I think I could really hear how lost I was and that I'm like definitely singing about myself like like oh where did you go Ooh, and I'm like oh where did I go like how did I lose myself um and I think that's kind of what the song's about. Um, so it's interesting, like, yeah, kind of finding these older songs and realising that how I felt and I was putting it into the music. Um, but, um, yeah. and But Matter of Time is the song from the old album that made it to the new album, kind of, like, untouched. Like, it's still the same vocal. Yeah. I apologise, I, I did get those wrong and contrast was the, the oh, word that I was looking for. I apologise, my brain got caught up on that oh, word. Oh, contrast, yeah. <laughs> um, but as I said, Don't Cry, it is this gorgeous song. And I, yeah, it, it's an interesting thing that you said that you're able to listen back to it and almost recognise with hindsight that something wasn't quite right. Do you, um, yeah. I guess, is, is this the first time that that's kind of happened or do you usually find that Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
you're usually using songwriting as a kind of almost um, psychological tool to be able to to get out your emotions and your feelings that you might not be able to verbalise yeah. or vocalise in a, in a just spoken way. I mean, yeah, definitely that's how I process a lot of things is through singing and music and, yeah, it's such a weird feeling to hear back, like, things years later and it's, like, almost, like, it's really sad when you hear it. You're like, oh, my God, I was so sad or I was so, I was struggling here and it's really interesting to, like, be on the other side. Um, And, like, something in the water is similar where it's, like, there's something off, like, there's something in the water, there's something in the air, like, I can feel it. And, but I didn't know, you know, what it was. And then now I'm like, when I sing that song, I'm like, I know, I know what I figured it out <laughs> now. And, um, and the weirdest one is Matter of Time. So I think that was like the last song I did for the, you know, first attempt at the album. And I'm like literally singing about how I feel trapped and, like, I'm not good and then, like, but I'm going to make something and it's going to be amazing and, like, how long? It's only a matter of time before I snap. And, like, it's so weird hearing those lyrics. And then, like, I literally, like, a few months later I did snap and then I did go away and try and um, make something, make something better. Are you now, with, with that in mind, are you now reading into some of the lyrics that you're writing now and then working out whether they're premonitions or predictions for the next six to 12 months? Maybe. Yeah, what have I been writing recently? <laughs> I don't know. I should think about it. Um, maybe it's, or it might even be a third yeah. option where it's manifesting. If you're putting these things out, maybe it is the universe True. listening and creating those. So depending on what you're writing, you could be creating quite a, some incredible That's things. That's Yeah, maybe I should... Maybe I should lighten up my um my lyrics and <laughs> nothing again nothing wrong with the lyrics on this record it is a beautiful record um, I know you mentioned PJ Thank Harding you. before who helped work on uh, helped work with you on the record I think PJ has worked with artists like Noah Cyrus a few other people um, in the US what was it about PJ that made you kind of want to um, collaborate with them um, Well I. I had one, I think he had just moved back to Sydney from LA. Um, I think because of COVID, like he'd just come back. And then I just had, I think, two days just to meet him and, and try out a song. And then on the first day, we worked on Only Love. And then I was like, whoa, I love this song. And like just working with him was really cool. And then I ended up just like from having one day with him, kind of just like, I kept going over to his house and, like, working on more songs and kind of, yeah, it was, was, like, not, like, planned. It just worked when we were working on the song and, um, yeah, our, like, I don't know, it just, like, was really cool and, like, for him to bring the guitar element to my music, which is not normally a part, like, everything's very piano, um, but for it to still feel, like, it was me and my um, style. It just like I don't know, it just added this new dimension to what I was doing. Of 
course. The the yeah. musicality and the sonics of this record are beautiful as well. And um, as we mentioned, there was PJ. I know as well you worked with uh, the production duo The Donuts who have worked with Scissor, yeah. they've worked with um, Rich Brian, and I think they had a hand uh, in a few tracks on the new Kendrick album, um, Mr Morale and the Big Steppers. Yeah. For you, because... A number of those names are quite hip-hop and there is a certain um, R&B soul element to your voice, but it might not be the first thing that people kind of jump to or think think of. What was it about the production techniques of um, of Tyler and Sergio that kind of made you want to work with them? Um, well, we did the same thing where we just, like, tried a song to see what it was like and then I just loved how creative they were and... A lot of the songs they were getting were just like a piano and a vocal, and that was it. And then they would just like transform it, or um, like when we sent on your mind and they first sent the idea back, I was like, "What? How did they even come <laughs> up with this?" Like they just like took the piano out, like m- like you know, m- moving sections, like taking the lead part out of the chorus and it was just like the harmonies and just like all these really interesting ideas that I just, like I would never come up with that but when I heard it I was like, oh, that's it, that has to be the song. Um, And like um, Something in the Water when I first heard the BVs they added, like that was Tyler singing. And so now I have all these like male BVs section in this song and those BVs didn't exist, like there was nothing like there was no other vocal part like it was just me singing like no harmonies or anything and then they added like this whole choir section and it was just like (laughs) yeah well they just put so much energy into it and took like they transformed the songs like they didn't just like do you know they didn't just like take my demo and put stuff underneath it like they they were changing like the structure of the song and um adding like new elements to it. When you're working with other producers like that, how much of a brief, because it sounds like that there wasn't much restrictions on them at all, but uh, do you give many kind of notes on what you're kind, what you're thinking about it or do you just kind of say here are the, here are the stems, here is whatever, you have free reign to kind of play around with it? Uh, some of the songs we did that and then some I knew that I had like a little reference so I might be like, oh, there's like the vibe of this track, I love the like, drums or whatever. But mostly it was just like, do what you want. And that's very cool. I think that... Which sometimes, that... yeah. Sorry, go Sorry. ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, just like sometimes works really well but then other times you're like, oh, that's not quite it and then you go back and forth and then eventually you like figure it out. Of course. I can imagine that there are some where they don't click just as, as easily as others, but obviously they do work once you find that kind of magic combination of whatever it may be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the visuals for this record as well are beautiful. I think even before the the album was announced, uh, what was the music video? Is it worth, is it worth being sad? The, I remember the watching that music video and um, just finding it visually striking because you're there's lots of panning shots you're in a boat in the middle of the lake kind of driving through a, a thunderstorm um it's done beautifully uh and then when finding out in research for our chat today 
working with Diligent, the creative director who's come on board to kind of help steer the, the I guess, the visual or the creative aspect of the album, um, it did make a bit more sense. This uh, person has worked with Phoebe Bridges on her Punisher era and also uh, a number of, I think, 15 or 16 years with Radiohead. Um, how, firstly, I guess, what attracted you to work with Diligent and then how has that process been since, since yeah, mm-hmm. since getting them on board? Yeah, I think, like, seeing her work with Radiohead and, like, Phoebe Bridges, that was what... I was like, oh, yeah, I definitely want to talk talk to her. And then it was like a we had a Zoom call and I just kind of loved her straight away. She's, like, really lovely. And we started just talking about the, the album and I didn't really have a mood board. I was like, I don't really, like, see, you know, some people are like they have the visuals and the colours and, like, they have everything. And I was like, oh, I don't really see music like I need other people to kind of bring it to life um and yeah she was like oh can you send me a mood board and I was like oh I don't really have a mood board but I wrote her this email and it was just like dot points of like a written mood board and I was like oh I like (laughs) it was a lot about kind of burrowing and living in the country and like my great escape like this feeling of like um escaping and um starting again and I was like the um, the moonlight, the mist, the, like, tall trees. And, like, I didn't really want it to feel, like, warm or, like, <laughs> sounds like I'm a vampire or something. I didn't want it to be, like, warm <laughs> or, like, um, nice. Like, I wanted it to kind of feel, like, a bit cold or, like, um, misty and moonlit rather than, like, sunlit kind of feeling. So, like, that was all my descriptions. And then she kind of went away and... Um, kind of started brainstorming and then we started getting ideas and like um Alyssa the director of Is It Worth Being Sad this was her concept and when I first saw it with like the storm and like the VFX of like lightning and I was just like this is crazy like um <laughs> I never would have thought of that it is it's an incredible um clip and we'll make sure that we put the the link to that video in these the show notes for this podcast as well so anyone who hasn't seen it already can go can, can go watch it Cool. Thank you. I know that um, earlier in the year you were touring, um, I believe in May and June, there was about five or six dates around Australia, which people were very excited to see you um, back and playing shows with. Um, as a very quick side note, since the inception of the podcast about two years ago, one of our most requested guests is Meg Mac. So first, I'm very glad that we were able really? to make that happen. Yes. Oh, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Uh, a few friends of the podcast, Renee, Brittany, one or two others, very big fans of Meg Mac, but we, we continually get requests for oh. you. So first, I'm glad we could do that. Um, to, uh, sorry, yeah, to what was it like, I guess, getting back on the road and being able to, to connect with fans again and play some of these new songs? Oh, so good. Oh, the first show was <laughs> at the Forum in Melbourne. I was so, I realised, like, during the show how, like, the, the talking in between the songs because like obviously I rehearsed with the band and like we got the show together but then when I was like there in the lights and like talking I was like oh I forgot like it took a couple shows to kind of get the flow of like talking to the audience and like yeah kind of join like the transitions and stuff but it was just like 
such a cool feeling and my sister is in my band so she was on the tour with me and just like having these moments where we get to sing together like we do Don't You Cry together um, in the show and I don't know, it was just like a relief like almost like oh, like how like it's I'm back or like I'm back in a place doing something I really love um, yeah it felt really really nice that's, that's and unfortunately, awesome I didn't get to come to Adelaide. Well, that was my, my next... Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I appreciate the acknowledgement. Um, I know before we spoke about that we're based in Adelaide and I know that you're here in November for Harvest Rock Festival. I think we've Crowded yeah. House and Jack White and some other acts. Um, mm-hmm. Other than uh, Harvest Rock Festival, can fans expect to see you touring around the country in support of this album at some point in the, ne- in the near future? Yes, so um, probably by the time people are listening to this, I would have announced a tour. Yeah. That is, that is, is that, very exciting. Or should I not say it like that? <laughs> no, no, no. That, the news, yeah. I believe, will be out by that stage and we can, we can even leave that in and, um, and it will be a surprise to people listening to this yeah. at the time. <laughs> okay, yeah. So it will be announced. I'm coming on tour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We will make sure that uh, once they are announced, again, we'll have those uh, dates and ticket details in the podcast show notes for people to access. Um, Lastly, Meg, usually we would ask our guests what they're currently listening to, if there's anything on high rotation for Mm -hmm. yourself at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love Telenova. I just discovered them, like, recently, and they're, like, my current favourite. I can sing along to every word. (laughs) (laughs) They are a a brilliant band, a a brilliant, uh, they're not, they're a young Australian band, but I feel like that the the members are in lots of other projects as well. So they're not too young. I don't want to defame them by by saying that either, but yes, a brilliant choice um, in Telenova. Mm -hmm. Meg, Thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I do appreciate it. Congratulations on Matter of Time, which is out later this week. But, yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Meg Mack for her time. Matter of Time is out Friday, and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Miriam at EMI Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 